0: The people whose lives are most fragile in economic terms are likely to be the people who are most affected by Brexit. Looking at our uh, farming industry, the loss of staff in the NHS, extraordinarily serious. And I think then the knock-on effect also of um, trade and um, commercial life uh, in our towns is going to be very serious. Certainly as the Church, we are bracing ourselves for thinking as um, how are we going to mitigate
1: the worst impact on people's lives. This is Beliefs, an exploration of ideas behind the news of religion. I'm Bill Baker. The Church of England convened its General Synod this week. Chief among the issues debated is the upcoming Brexit. Unless something changes, on March 29th the United Kingdom will no longer be part of Europe. To explore the past and future of how this will impact the Anglican Church, Beliefs producer Jonathan Woodward met with the Bishop of Chichester in West Sussex, England. The Right Reverend Bishop Martin Warner.
2: Bishop Warner, thank you for joining me. I'll just jump right in. The referendum to leave the European Union returned a result that said that 53% of voters were in favor of leaving the European Union. Mm -hmm. And a study that was recently published in the journal Religion, State, and Society showed that 66% of Anglicans that voted were in favor of leaving the European Union. Mm -hmm. That is to say, Anglicans were significantly more likely to vote for Brexit than the country as a whole. Church of England bishops, including the Archbishop of Canterbury, are known to be much more in the Remain camp. Yeah. So that seems to describe a bit of a discrepancy between the bishops and the congregations. In
0: crude terms, and these are crude terms, it may reflect uh, a a broad uh, conservatism Within um, the Church of England. Uh, it may also reflect uh, an age profile, to be honest. Uh, and although I think there are clear exceptions, uh, and it would be a distortion simply to say young people voted remain older people voted leave. Nonetheless, there is evidence, there's some truth in that perception. And I suspect the Church of England having a, a very large number of older people um, proportionately in its uh, membership reflects those lines. Uh, and that would account for the, the statistics you've just given.
2: Mm-hmm. But the bishops
0: stand apart. Yeah, again, I think um, the, uh, the bishops will probably take a, a, a wider overview. Uh, I think our perception of the, the church at large in which the age demographic is a source of concern uh, would inform that. I think orientation towards um, the needs of young people, what they're saying about Christianity, about religion, about the church altogether would inform that. Um, And I guess uh, that's one of the reasons why often bishops are simply presented as being, you know, representing the liberal
2: consensus, uh, um, rightly or wrongly. So it seemed to me that this is not the first Brexit. I was going to take us back to uh, 1532. This is the Reformation. You're talking about the English
0: Reformation Uh, here. So uh, the severing uh, of the, um, the, the Church of England from papal authority... Um, to a certain extent, in Henry's King Henry VIII's reign, uh, sustaining the shape generally, broadly of the Church of England's liturgical life, etc., it still looked pretty, pretty much the same. Um, but uh, but the the sovereign uh, took to himself the powers uh, that the Pope had always exercised, uh, and also, of course, therefore uh, the um, uh, the temporal goods, the money, the buildings, the property, etc. It's a it's a it's a different sort of context, um, but in terms of isolation from um, uh, mainstream Europe, uh, there are some consequences. Um, I also think we might be at the stage, uh, and one of the reasons why this is so difficult, um, uh, why there's such nervousness, I think, in Brussels. Uh, I think this might be um, raising some questions about other aspects of the European Union. You know, what else is going to happen? Are the tectonic plates moving more generally, or is it only the UK? Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but I think it's it's worth it's a question worth asking.
2: If you can look towards the future, it feels like an inevitable separation from the continent. What do you see in the future for a separation like that?
0: Yeah, um, well, again, it will work at at, at many different levels. I think a genuine, legitimate uh, and deep concern is that the people whose lives are most fragile in economic terms are likely to be the people who are most affected by Brexit. Looking at our uh, farming industry, the loss of staff in, our, in the NHS, extraordinarily serious. And I think then the knock-on effect also of um, trade and um, commercial life Uh, in our towns, is going to be very serious. Certainly as the church, we are bracing ourselves for thinking as um, how are we going to mitigate the worst impact on people's lives, homes, families, children. Uh, I think that's a big challenge to us. We don't know what the impact will be yet, but I think it's legitimate and accurate to see that it's the poorest who are going to be most badly hit.
2: Do you have any particular feelings that um, that either are yours uh, as Bishop Warner or as yours on a on a more private level that I I wouldn't know to touch on?
0: Yeah, um, I think I, I think mine as as a as a bishop uh, as a Christian as somebody who's been shaped and formed by um, a theological world which has always referenced Europe in its uh, widest concerns and, 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 you know, points of interest. I think my concern would be for us to ensure that we remain committed and uh, a clear expression of Christian Europe. Um, Whatever the government decides, whatever uh, the impact on trade and industry, uh, Christianity retains its orientation towards a greater sense of unity, not a diminishing one. Uh, And um, the history of of Christianity in this land uh, has been intimately bound up with Europe uh, and and beyond, uh, but but certainly our European neighbours. So so we are are inescapably European as Christians, uh, inescapably internationalist, as Christians, that's the nature of the gospel. It is for all, uh, all nations, all peoples, all times. So I think ensuring that we hold fast to that as a, a serious contribution to the future of our our life, um, no matter what our our governance might be, no matter what happens in Parliament, um, we will retain that dimension. I hope as a contribution to to national life,
2: Bishop Warner. Um Can you take a a thousand-year view uh, for a moment? I mean, of course, being mindful of the vulnerable communities and their immediate concerns, around Brexit. Can, can you take a 500-year view, a 1,000-year view, and say this too shall pass, that this is a, a moment in an evolving relationship with Europe, and it may course-correct over time?
0: Um, well, certainly, certainly. Are the tectonic plates moving across Europe, uh, and, and indeed internationally? You know, where are the centres of, of, of power um, what drives global life today? Top of the list will be the question of the environment, our care of the earth, the damage that we have already done and continue to do, and uh, our apparent inability uh, to pull back uh, in terms of our habits, behaviour, etc. Uh, I think I want to ask questions about uh, AI, artificial intelligence. Um, you know, the whole development. Of technology, which is taking over areas of life that have been characteristically interactive um, between humans. uh, And now, actually, we are being invited to interact uh, with technology in different, new, and different ways. And the extent to which, um, in the robotic world, we are already projecting uh, some of the areas of dysfunctionality that are characteristic of of the human world in the dark shadow areas uh, of human uh, gender, sexuality, and, uh, and abuse. Uh, once again, these are areas which actually we see the same shadows emerging in what we're making as, as a virtual world. Um, but it is a projection of this one. Uh, and I think um, over and above that, uh, I guess, where we see the um, uh, apparent spread uh, of um, cynicism uh, skepticism in terms of the practice of any faith or religion um, uh, certainly in the west um, actually i think globally what we're seeing is that that religion remains a dominant narrative in international relationships uh, and um, uh, i think uh, in the in the west especially the liberal west which has believed that this belongs to a bygone age, and we've moved on and come of age, left it behind, I think actually we are going to have to reassess uh, this aspect of being human. Uh, And of course for me, that's one of the exciting and positive things, but it's perhaps going to be painful, uh, and certainly Christianity, I think, is going to have to uh, look very carefully at how it addresses a narrative of uh, our position in the world alongside people of other religions. Um, uh, If if we're going to recognise that uh, faith, uh, religion, is a dominant discourse in the global world of
2: the future. In our show, we we try to look at at the ways that belief systems intersect with the news, with society, with culture, with issues of um, you know what your marriage politics are, what your food politics are. Uh, you just touched on something that we try to engage in conversations with constantly which is what is the evolution of faith how does faith grow how does it spread and how does it butt up against its neighbors in 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 positive wit or negative ways and, and and what's that going to look like as we get closer and closer together
0: um, yeah I mean I th- you know the, these are uh, fundamental questions I think that the, the business of thinking we can sort of live in in hermetically sealed uh, compartments uh, is 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 now, you know, has to be challenged. I do not mean by that that, um, you know, religion is a sort of melting pot cultural thing. Um, uh, And certainly I don't, uh, I think, um, you know, some sort of, you know, interfaith consortium uh, is not the way I see the future at all. Um, But I do think uh, the business of recognising that this is um, an intrinsic statement about what it means to be human... Uh, uh, is very important. Um, and I also think um, uh, an intrinsic some intrinsic statements of um, what we understand the reality of time and and space to be uh, and how this reality uh, relates to eternity, uh, a, a different dimension, but also a real one that's a, that's still a fundamental issue for uh, people who are. Uh, people of faith um, and I think uh, I think also uh, again without wanting to go into any sort of uh, competitive field or melting pot uh, culture I think also the question of how um, faith and religion determine um, uh, moral life uh, and those there are some important questions there and of course some people will say well it's very damaging uh, and here are the reasons and I think um, we can easily point to damage. But I think we, uh, in a post, uh, a culture that is seeking to be post-religion, post-faith, I think it's also very difficult to see. uh, It's easy uh, then to glide over the ways in which uh, a, a moral theology, for example, in the Christian tradition, has actually shaped the very liberal consensus on which some of this critique, you know, from which some of this critique emerges. Um, and and it's not always clear that without a uh, you know a solid um, faith base uh, a new morality um, you know that is that commands uh, assent that builds consensus uh, emerges.
2: So there are parallels, aren't there, between the idea of a of a Brexit that calls into the question this idea of not being a melting pot, but also recognizing that you can't maintain. Solid walls anymore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think if people, you know, believe that the Church of England is, is, you know, can be um, the Church of this land, you know, which preserves, uh, you know, some kind of hegemony of the past, um, uh, church and state, uh, the sovereign, uh, an empire, um, you know. It, if there's a, a longing for that, the recovery of a sovereignty which will enable us to be ourselves, there may be, you know, I don't want to dismiss all of that because one wants to ask people, you know, what, what is it that's, that's appearing to be like this? Is that what you really mean? And, and what is it that you're, you know, that's what's driving that? Nonetheless, uh, I think uh, whatever um, hopes you might attach to the Church of England, if, if it's to be a vehicle for that kind of um, future... I'd have to say, actually, within its life and DNA uh, are the very things which will call that perception into question. You know, the Church of England will always, if it's to be fully itself, relate to a wider uh, field uh, of Christian endeavor, learning, witness. Um, Solely Christian? I think one of the important things that is characteristic of, of, of Christianity today um, uh, in, in 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 Britain in the Church of England is the is the whole business of tolerance religious tolerance, Christian Muslim dialogue, Christian Jewish dialogue, um, the recognition of people of uh, goodwill in a range of other faiths. Certainly, the Abrahamic, the three Abrahamic faiths have you know there's there's a clear reason uh, for for dialogue there. But I think um, post Vatican II. Uh, Roman Catholicism and certainly under the present Pope, we see those issues, you know, being addressed uh, as very important for the ways Christians relate to the global community uh, with um, uh, respect, uh, uh, with tolerance, without any diminution of the unique character of Christianity, but, but a sense that in this world something that that God has made actually unites us uh, all
2: any parting thoughts
0: um well uh, you know, here's a parting thought uh, so where does this leave the United States <laughs> you know and 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 um, uh, one of the things that people often say about the Church of England is uh, well you guys you know you do wash your dirty linen uh, you know in public, don't you um, and uh, i I was always thought that was rather an ill-mannered thing to do on the other hand um today i think people um if it is transparency which is thought to be a great virtue uh, if, if that's if that's um uh transparency then that fine um here's a virtue that we're practicing i think i think being honest about uh our our failures our areas of uncertainty uh the, the stuff we haven't got right uh uh, I think is very important for us. Uh, and I suppose I'd say, well, um, we're doing this in Europe. It's painful. Um, I'm not sure we're doing it particularly well, but we're trying our best. How do you think we're doing? Uh, so I, I, all I'd want to say is, you know, in, in the United States, I'd say if if you find yourselves in a similar situation, don't be ashamed. You know, I'm, you know I can't believe that the issues we're facing, uh, you know, the, those big issues... You know the environment, um, uh, artificial intelligence, uh, the fact that actually um, today you know faith is a, is a is a global issue, um, uh, and with it comes the absolute the absolute requirement to treat every man and woman and child with uh, respect uh, in terms of their human dignity. If we're struggling with that, I can't believe that you're not struggling as well. If we're, you know, finding it difficult and if we're sometimes getting it wrong, um, it may be that actually that's happening to you. Um, I'd simply say, you know, we're all in this in the same way, struggling with these same issues. Um, uh, let's support each other uh, rather than simply uh, believing that, um, you know, it's fine for us, shame they can't do better.
2: On either side, on either side. Bishop Warner, thank you so much for sitting with me today.
0: Not at all. Jonathan, thank you very much indeed for coming all this way to speak.
2: Our guest was
1: the Right Reverend Dr. Martin Warner, Bishop of Chichester of the Church of England. The conversation continues on our Facebook page and we tweet at Beliefs Podcast. If you like our program, come review us on iTunes. Beliefs is brought to you with the support of the Bernard L. Schwartz Center for Media, Public Policy, and Education at the Graduate School of Education at Fordham University. Jonathan Woodward is our producer. I'm Bill Baker, and thank you for listening.